How did it all get started? Not the world, not even blockchain, but us in blockchain. This will be the origin story of Luca and Mines entering the blockchain space. Welcome to Blockchain from the Block. We're actually going from the start because they always tell you when you're uh, doing any type of content, never start with the beginning. So we went into blockchain and everything, but uh, the beginning in this uh, sense would be how us two got started in blockchain. Well, on one hand, my start is this podcast. On the other hand, Lucas' start was a bit before that. The question is, why did I? Yeah, why? why? Where? Who? I don't know. I mean, for me, it was a super interesting. I, I was. Mean, look, you, look you, you need to understand Lucas. So, Lucas, um, my company, Netocratia, was at uh, Hub 5 where Luca was obviously uh, the, the, the community manager, but in the real sense, the manager of the community. And one thing that you know about Luca, if you're working in the same space, is that from time to time, he'll come into the room, blazing cells and everything, having a German or Russian accent for some damn reason, uh, with some new concept. And I, I think at some point it was probably blockchain. <laughs> Well, not exactly. So this no. is this is a different this is a different situation. You know, I get excited really, really, really easily and really fast about something, but also get you know kind of de excited. Uh, <laughs> I just invented the word. Um, but blockchain was something that I stumbled upon completely accidentally. It was back in. You stumbled over block. Huh? Yeah, but it was back in. I think it was back in late 2011, early 2012, and it was completely accidental. I had a friend who, um, so he was he was basically a gamer like myself, and you know he was building these gaming rigs and gaming machines. He was a you know security researcher, at, you know at the same time, so he had a couple of password hashing uh, rigs. So basically, it's a computer with a lot of graphic cards. Why? Because graphic cards back then could do a lot of computations uh, in parallel and basically brute force certain cases. So I like to read a lot, and I spend a lot of my time just reading whatever it's out there on the internet. And I stumble upon this. Uh, forum when they were discussing i can't even remember which forum was i know it was not bitcoin talk or something of this uh, thing but something something that mentioned all peer-to-peer -peer, uh, uh, digital currency about you know all these new concepts and i got intrigued a little bit i downloaded uh, the, the the app back then it was this i used to have i had a old mac back then a macbook pro i think 15 inch which was you know half dying because one vent kind mm. of almost died and um, just out of curiosity i downloaded uh, uh, this java miner for mac and i started mining on my laptop uh, which is a mac laptop which is you know half dying laptop and i started mining and i just i was getting some monopoly money i called it back then and um, it, it was fun for a while until my laptop overheated and died and I got pissed and I forgot about it a little bit. And then um, I came back a couple of months later when I was talking to my friend and he was uh, explaining to me all these, you know, how is this rainbow password, blah, blah, tables work. And he, he was showing me his uh, uh, rig and I was trying to convince him to borrow this for a while um, to try to mine some cryptocurrencies. Back then it was, I think, Bitcoin and Litecoin and Namecoin and that was it. And he was... He was Adamant, no, because, you know, it spends a lot of electricity and blah, 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 blah. But uh, for me, it was just, uh, I don't know, an exercise. I mined on my laptop and I wanted to see how it is, you know, to mine on something, you know. Like <laughs> exactly. So I'm not a developer, so it took me a long time to, on one hand, convince him, on another hand, to kind of uh, get this thing going. But eventually I did. I set up 
this thing and mine for basically told him, look, I'm going to pay for all the electricity this, you know, kind of spends and, you know, just give it to me for uh, I think it was like four or five days or something like this. Then I kind of in four or five days, you know, kind of mined, you know, some cryptocurrencies and then I sold them and then all of a sudden, oh shit, but it's super interesting because you can get money out of nothing. So anyhow, back then I started kind of digging a little bit deeper about this and the more I started you know, learning about the history, learning about the implications, I got kind of hooked up. But, I, you know, I was super busy back then because I had my own startup and I was working in a company in parallel and, you know, my daughter was growing up and I was moving and la la la. There was a lot of, you know... So a few things. <laughs> exactly. But that's me. I just like to balance, balance, you know, a lot of things, juggle a lot of things, see what happens. I was not super, you know, into it. I was just exploring it. I, 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 I you know, sold, you know, majority of this. I kind of huddled you know, some coins, I had some Litecoin, had some Bitcoin. I fell in love in Dogecoin when it came out because it was super... It had not, a dog. No, no, I mean, it was just this super unserious thing about, oh, let's have fun in cryptocurrencies. Let's tip everyone and, you know, post all these Shiba memes, memes uh, around. But the more I got into it, the more I realized it, there is something to it, like fundamental shift into it. It took me a while. It took me, you know, I think maybe two or three years. What do you think it took you so long? Because, look, I, I played, uh, I'm a gamer, I played a lot of games. I played, I mean, the first thing when I was reading about it, you know, the first thing that occurred to me was like, oh, but shit, but this is like World of Warcraft gold, Wolf gold, you know, it's like exactly the same, just within certain closed system, la la la. And, you know, I give you farm we call it farming i farm yeah. some things in uh, Volve to get the war of gold and then i exchange it for something and then i can get some money on paypal and stuff like this so at first i think i needed to get so the analogy in your head was kind exactly of different then exactly but then I, I moved to poland and you know there were a couple of things this was back in 2013 and and a couple of things happened in 2014 uh there was a price jump that was first there was a couple of really big turmoils like um you had this bank crisis in Cyprus. And basically, I think it had something to do with Russia and oligarchs or something, but as a consequence, and I think somebody blocked deposits bigger than, I don't know, uh, larger than 10 or, or $5,000 or something like this. So as a side effect of trying to fix the system, they screwed over a lot of regular normal people. But what happened is that people started selling those deposits in Cyprus, in Cyprus banks, for Bitcoin. And started, you know, with the margin, of course, you know, pennies to the dollar or, you know, something like this. And started extracting money in this way. Then I realized, you know, it, it, it kind of intrigued me a little bit because I realized, oh, but there is a big utility in this. And then another thing happened. I was basically, I think it was our first or our second batch in Krakow, the startup acceleration program that I used to run before. And there was this huge, we had a startup from, from Kiev, from Ukraine. And then they had this Maidan revolution uh, going on and they had this huge, you know, fight and war internal. And then they started gathering donations. A friend of mine, actually a guy who was in, uh, in, in helping the cause back then, he created wallets for Bitcoin, Litecoin and Dogecoin. So you can donate to the war effort, I mean, to the resistance by using this. And why is this important? Because that was all the payments uh, from the outside were blocked for some reason, for a certain period of time. So you couldn't send, you couldn't use credit card, you couldn't send anything to Ukraine until this was happening because, you know, you, you wouldn't know if the, this government is going to get, you know. This was the triggering moment for me and it became something, a little bit of an obsession for me. Back then it was just a toy and just a concept that I was toying with. I had a couple of coins, I was playing around with them and I started just, you know, kind of casually reading 
And then from this, it turned into kind of a little bit of obsession because I started digging a little bit deeper about the history, about when it started, about all these things happening uh, before uh, uh, before Bitcoin and why. And, you know, and I got more and more drawn, drawn into it. Why? Because I saw the actual utility in this. I actually saw real use cases. And I mean, I saw... This would really change things. Exactly. In life. And this is what a lot of people don't see right now, I think. If we could back, go back to more people seeing the utility of cryptocurrencies and blockchain, I think the adoption would be a little bit uh, more fast, uh, a little bit faster. But right now you have an effect that is that every government out there is trying to regulate it. Back then, nobody wanted to touch something like this. This was something that Adults, air quote, we're not discussing, we're not talking about because this is some quirky anarchist thing that was used on, you know, dark webs and uh, for not good deeds. And everybody was treating it like this. It came, you know, from this into mainstream really, really easily. But again, through a vehicle that is more human greed than, you know, the true utility. Okay, I'm talking about all the scams that happened with uh, the ICOs, initial coin offerings, and the crowdfunding that happened afterwards through tokens that people just basically took the money and run or raised massive amounts of money based on, on nothing. For the next couple of years, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely, you know, tr I'm going to definitely try to revisit every once in a while this 2012 and 2013 in my head, just to kind of bring it back a little bit. My journey into blockchain was random and accidental, pure luck. And I stayed in it because it is super interesting and it evolves constantly. So every single month, there is something new. Something new comes along. A new team, a new consensus uh, mechanism, a new algorithm, a new concept that you can try. So you basically right now have the ability to test out all these revolutionary concepts without killing people. So I think if they had blockchain back in 1914, uh, when was the October Revolution? 14. 1914, I think a couple of things would be different. Um, do, do, do you think that others are coming into the blockchain space in a similar way of, okay, playing with it a bit and then seeing some real-world applications saying, whoa? Not really. Right now, it's mainly speculative. So mainly people are drawn, well, but majority of the people yeah. are drawn into, into it because of uh, profit. What they see is the hype. That was, you know, here they saw that the Bitcoin jumped from to $250 from 2015 to $20,000 from 2007, 18. And they think this is going to, you know, happen again. And they want their share of it because they hear all these urban legends about people earning billions or millions of dollars just by being at the right place at the right time at a certain point. But that's also fine. I mean, the vehicle, uh, I mean, how you get into this if you really understand it in the end, um, it's, it's irrelevant. If you came into, into blockchain uh, in the industry as a trader, and then you realize that there is fundamental things behind it that are you know, gonna change a lot of things, that's also fine. A lot of people, I mean, a lot of people frown you know, upon all the day traders and, and all the speculants, but uh, I think they're just part of the ecosystem, just like anything else. Not the best one, not the most productive one, but still, you know, essential part of it. Without them, there would not be a massive adoption, you know, a couple of years from now. If you had to suggest to someone coming into the space, for example, like me, yeah. how to get into it, yeah. not maybe fast, but like in a, in a, well, in, in a good way, yeah. what would you suggest? Well, I'm, I'm, it's very simple. Go and buy some cryptocurrencies. Mm -hmm. Just buy. Why? Because, again, you know, it's a little bit of this Taleb's, you know, skin in the game. 
if you have some some incentive, you know, direct incentive with this, you will start paying attention to all of the things, and you will start looking at the world, you know, through different lenses. You know, you're going to see, if I use crypto here, cryptocurrencies here, it will be so much efficient. If I use blockchain here, it will be so much transparent. If I use, use the smart contract here, it will be so much better. And you would kind of go a little bit, little by little deeper into the whole thing, just by, you know, association. Yeah, that would be the first thing. Or, you know, whoever, the first three listeners who send an email to Ivan Wait, what? will get 100 eternity tokens from me. Oh, from you? Oh, that's fine. Okay, so... <laughs> so from Luca, let's make that clear. Thank you for listening to this kind of odd story about the origin of someone's entering the blockchain space, but we want to hear your story as well. Share your blockchain origins with us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Uh, and yeah, thanks for listening to Blockchain from the Block. Keep liking, keep subscribing, and share away.